Let us, let us go to him in prayer. Oh, gracious, gracious Lord, I thank you. You are here in our, in our midst. We come to you to learn. Open our, our hearts, open our, our ears, open our minds, that, that we might hear the word that you teach us today. And, and then, guys, as we go out into the world, that we might put, put your teaching into action. In Jesus' name, amen. Our by passage this morning is from, is from the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. Now I'm going to go ahead and read, I'm going to read starting at, at, at verse 29, because I think that's an important part of this story, and we'll, we'll read through, through, the, through the end of the chapter. So let us listen for a word from the Lord. Jesus had left that place, he passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain where he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the, ma- the maimed, the blind, the ma- and many others. They put at his feet, and, and he killed them. So, so, that, so that the crowd was amazed when, when they, they saw mute speaking, the maimed whole, lame walking, blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. And, and then Jesus call, called his disciples to him, to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me for three days and nothing to eat. And I do not want, not want to send them hungry or they might faint on, on the way. The people said to him, to him, where are we going to get enough bread in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven. And a small fish. Then ordering the, the crowd to sit down on, on the ground, he took, took the seven loaves and the fish. After giving th- thanks, he broke them, broke them and gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the crowds. And, and all of them ate and were, were filled. And they took up, up the broken pieces, left over seven baskets full. Those who had eat, eaten were 4,000 men, besides women and children. After, after sending away the crowds, he got up, got into a boat, and went to the region of Magadan. The gospel of Christ. The gospel. Thanks to you, O Christ. Well, this November, the sea, the sea thankfulness, right? But Thanksgiving shouldn't have a special season necessarily. It's, it's something that we do, do all the time. And so I find it a little odd that in the world of commerce, Thanksgiving is kind of, kind of a swap between, between Easter, excuse me, we're all on holiday, between thanks, Halloween, and Christmas. But even if, even if Thanksgiving doesn't get as much air, air time, it's still important. We should never, never forget to be thankful. And we should, and we should thank God for things every single day. A story recently, Thanksgiving story that was printed in the Rate Digest about a first grader, a first teacher, who had asked her students to draw pictures of something that they were thankful for. And she had in her mind what, what they might be drawing and was taken aback by the picture of one little boy in the class. This one little boy, boy had drawn a picture of a, of a hand 
Well, the class was curious, curious about his drawing as well, and so, so they speculated about what it might, it might mean. Perhaps, perhaps the hand of God that feeds us. Or, or maybe, maybe the hand of a farmer far who grows the food. Or, or maybe it's the, it's, the, it's the hand of people who help us, like firemen and policemen. And a little bit later, later the teacher quietly asked the little, the little boy what the picture meant. And he told, told her, that is your hand. hand. The little boy was a, a quiet boy and sometimes, sometimes sad. And he, he stuck pretty close to the, the teacher in the day. He would hold his hand from time to time, as she, she did with the other children. But when she saw this picture, she, re, she realized just how much that meant to him. So thankful for that hand. Sometimes we're th thankful, thankful for our objects, but for an act of, of kindness. So take a moment, if you will, will think about what, about what you're thankful for this, this, this year, what you're th thank thankful for life. It might be the wonderful weather having with these, with these temperatures and beautiful skies. I think about the weather, and it wasn't too many months ago, ago we had a hurricane pass through. Um, prayers of thanks might have been a little bit, a bit different. Maybe thankful that we survived and get more damage. Maybe thankful for your family, your friends, for good relationships, for relationships that are healing that maybe have always been as, as good. Maybe you're thankful for many things, for our good health, for health that improved, being cancer-free, for almost finishing your treatment, maybe covering from an accident, so many things to be thankful for. Might be thankful that we have employment. Not everyone does. Some sort of way, way to take ends meet. We might, we might be thankful that we have a place, place to our heads that is safe. We, we might be thankful for, for the transportation, that we have trans transportation to get to the, the places need to go. These times, I'm also think, thinking about people who are living in a, in a war-torn area. I recently, recently um, a young Palestinian-American woman of three, mother, mother three, who on the news shared that, that morning that they that they up, they, they God. Every new day is something that we should be thankful for, I think. And we may have, may have so many reasons to, to be thankful. Our reasons be similar to somebody else's, but they're, they're also unique to, to us. I read in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, you may be familiar, we read that it, it is that we'll be giving thank, thanks God always for everything. Sometimes that's, if things are going, going great, that's easy, easy. When we're dealing with difficulties that we sometimes find it, find it hard to give thanks. But even in, those, even in those situations, it is good to say, to say I'm thankful. Let's give thanks off. off. Let's give thanks all day long. For God is with us and God always listening. Today, today in our passage from Matthew, we, Jesus is also giving thanks. And he's his disciples and their crowd of people. 
So often, when, wherever Jesus went, people followed him. They, they wanted his teachings, perhaps to be healed if they, if they was something the matter of them. And this is one of those situations. It's one of those occasions. He's walking along the side of, of, of Galilee, and he, and he goes up, up a mountain a little ways just to sound. And the crowd follows. The crowd brought, brought with them people that they knew were, were, were sick, sick, that were um, um, crippled, in, injured in some way. And he wanted, wanted them to live. So they laid these people at his feet. Indeed, Jesus did just that. He, he healed them. He didn't turn them, turn them away. And I think, I think he kept coming. He kept coming. And when those, those people were killed, the loved love ones that brought them and the people, the people themselves were, were amazed, were amazed to see their loved, loved ones speaking and hearing, hearing, seeing and walking, to see them, see them well whole. And they, and they praised God of Israel. In essence, they gave thanks to God. Now, this, now this is the passage of Jesus healing and healing and, and teaching a multitude of people. In chapter 14 of you, we read, read that Jesus heals and feeds the 5,000 your crowd. Again, so it's 5,000 plus families. And in this, this passage, he is feeding 4,000. The passage with, with 5,000 is in all, all the Gospels. But this story of feeding the 4,000 is only in Matthew, Matthew. and Mark. Scholars said that perhaps this is a retelling of the first story. But other scholars speculate and think perhaps the audience was a Gentile audience. This is its own, its own event. And if you think about it in that, in that way, I think it's all, it's all the more interesting when, when as they're healed, they praise the God of Israel. In this passage, we see Jesus aware of their needs, needs of the people around and, and showing compassion. This is a remote area, a desert place, the side of this mountain. It's away from any kind of community who might have been able to purchase food. It's too far away able to run home and get a bite to eat and come back. Come back. They've been with him for three days. It's a significant amount of time. Now, perhaps they brought provisions for a short, short day's journey, but I doubt that they brought enough for this length of stay. And Jesus was aware of needs. And Jesus was, had, had cushion on them and knew what to do. So he talked to his disciples. And they took inventory of food that they had. Seven loaves of bread and a few, few fish. Few fish, fish. Not nearly enough to feed 4,000 plus people. And it might have been enough for Jesus and the disciples to have a meal. Certainly wasn't any chance, humanly speaking, for that, that amount of food to be spread and feed that, that crowd. I always appreciate the disciples at times like this. Because they questioned, how are we going to do this with this amount of food? And how are we going to feed this many people? Now, they've been with Jesus, you know, in all these teachings. They need him do miracles. So it's always, I'd speculate that, like, that we would have, should have said, hey, Jesus is going to do this like we, we did, it, did it last. They didn't, or it's not written that way. Jesus knows what to do, and Jesus begins to direct them. And so he, he, he tells one, 
to sit, sit on the ground, and he gives thanks. He thanks. And he gives the food, food to the disciples, and they give the food to the people. people. And, then, and then the miracle. The, fo- the food satisfied all, all of those people. Filled up. They didn't just take a bite, a bite and pass it on. They were, they were filled up. And there were seven baskets left over. Hmm. Now we know the specific, specific miracle and how it happened because it's a miracle and that's what a miracle is. And we, and we, and we, really, we while we, we may want to know how, how did that, because you know, we're all scientists and we like to think, think that, we, that we figure everything out, thing out, but we really don't need to know. That's where it comes in. What we know is that God, God saw the need of people. He, he had passion. He met their need. He did timely and in a way. Gave thanks. The food was distributed. were satisfied. And there was more than enough. That's gratitude supplied. So we read, we know that Jesus gave thanks, but we don't know exactly what he said. So if I, if I speculate, I might imagine that he thanked, thanked God for his presence the provision of food for this, for this, for this, for whatever they needed. I imagine that he he thanked God for the food that had whatever it was, great or small, that he gave gave thanks. That he gave thanks thanks for all the people that were there. Gave thanks perhaps perhaps for for their their fate, for their loved ones to be healed. I imagine that he that he gave thanks for God's abundant abundant peace. And great abound that day, that day, as seen in the healings, and as seen in the meal of the multitude that, ex- that exceeded their needs. And, and the people are thankful. I always find a word study entering, in, and in this case, I looked, was looking, looking at the word that is used for give thanks. And, and in Greece, you steo. The middle of that, of that, the base of that word is courage, cur- which is grace. And so, a, a, a way to perhaps, perhaps explain what the, the meaning of to give grace, grace is the Eurysteo. It's thankful for God's, God's grace. So it's a bit broader, broader. Now, Eucharisteo may sound familiar, familiar if you think about communion, the Lord's Supper. Sometimes it's called the Eucharist. And that's the same Greek, Greek verb that Jesus uses is. He is in the upper room with his disciples at the last supper when he, when he gives thanks and gives them the, them the, the cup. And we, we often give thanks at meals. Me. Sometimes we say, will you, you say grace? We thank God for God's good grace. So thankful, thank you, is a good practice. And teach it to our, ch- our children as they grow and, and we, we can use with we can continue it into adulthood. It's it's good man. It's a good good press. Husband and I have our children over fairly, fairly at meal meal time, and we have started sharing a prayer with them a little simple simple prayer, and they have picked it up picked it up easily. God is great, great God. Is, let us thank Him for our food. By His hands, we all we all are fed. Thank you God for daily bread. Now, if, if we're going to go out to dinner at a restaurant, we're at the house, and we, and we get to say the prayer, particularly our, our, our year old Emmy, Emmy, will say, hey, oh, oh, we've got to say the prayer. 
so we have to stop, stop eating. And she's right. We forgot to say thank, thank you. It's a, good, it's a good habit form. It's actually a good spiritual practice, I believe, because there are so many personal benefits from being thanked, from saying thank you. Thank you. When we wake up each, each morning, go through our day, what are our first thoughts? What do you think of as you open day? Are they positive? Are they thankful? Thank you for the day. Or are they negative? Complaints. Thinking about what is wrong. Our thoughts, are the, the concept of our thoughts can, can, can actually be formed by habit. And what I, what I mean by that is we, we can get into the habit of automatically slipping into, into negative thoughts of complaints, finding fault if, if we do not care. But we can change that pattern by consciously forming new, new thoughts, thankful thoughts, so thank, for, forming thankful thought habit, habit. And by stop, stop a negative and, and, and consciously beginning to positively, can change our whole outlook on life. Author Matt, Mac Ander and B.J. Baker wrote in their, in their Learning to Dance in the Rain, Power of Gratitude. They, behavioral scientists tell us that if we, if we do something thing consistently for 21 days, one day, it becomes a habit. You've heard things like that, like that before. And they go on to say, the more you start to train your mind to look for what is right and what is wrong, the more gratitude you feel throughout the day. I love that. I think it's something that I want and need to practice. Perhaps something you'd also like to, like to try. We have, we have so much negativity in our world, in our world I think. And we, and we, we really, really, really need to focus on positive things. We need to focus more life-giving things to direct us on give thanks to God. God, we need us on that. that. Being thankful and giving thanks is not only, not only man, it also takes pra practice. Become a head and to become that spiritual, spiritual practice that it's our lives. Many ways to do that, and one way you might do that is using a thank thankfulness journal. That practice of jur journaling your giving has been around for years, and it kind of, kind of, Sometimes you might have called, years ago, we might have called it count blessings. That same thought. It's that same thought. I happened to first, first hear about fullness journals on, on Open Free back in the, in the day. And so what, what you do, do you're going to have a Thanksgiving journal, is that you write on every day things you're thankful for. When you wake up in the morning, throughout the day, in the evening, when, whenever it's for you, jot something down, down in your thankfulness journal that you're, that you're thankful for. Certainly don't have to write th things. You can't can your thanks in your head, head, in your thoughts. That's good, too. But the act of, of actually writing it down puts, puts it in concrete form. And it also allows you, you to be able to back and read those things that you were thankful for last week, week, last month, year. And it really bolsters your thanksgiving and reminds you again, again of what you, you are thankful for. Now, your, your donations in your journal can be simple one-word things want. They can, be, they can be graphs, if you want. It can be pictures. Whatever, whatever is meaningful for you. So to get started, 
We have a small, small nook. Some of you may have picked it up on the, on the way in. This is mine. Um, and, and it's just got paper in it. It's a, thanksgiving, a thankfulness journal. So I, so I hope that when you leave, you will pick one, one up if you would like. There, there's some on, on, by door and there's some in the narthex. Make your own. Fill it with your, th your thoughts, with your thankful thoughts. Start today with something that you're thankful for. Keep it up. Remember, 21 days forms a it up for the whole month of, of, thanks, of, of November and see if, see if you don't see a change. So don't find yourself noticing good stuff, noticing things that you're thankful for. See, see if you end up with a more positive outlook. outlook. Anderson, Anderson and Gallagher, excuse me, excuse me, Anderson Gallagher also write that gratitude is contagious. Teach gratitude to others living it. Every moment, moment, hour, every day. Others will see the happiness that gratitude brings. And, and they too, too, were grateful. And before you know it, you started an, an epic of gratitude. What, what could be wonderful? I agree. When we talk about epidemics, what's epidemic of gratitude? That's gratitude multiplied. So Jesus gave thanks that day on the, on the side of the mountain. And that small amount of food grew to enough to satisfy the crowd. The disciples saw limitations. They saw roadblocks. They saw things they couldn't do. But Jesus saw and knew the possibilities. We often see limitations, things, things that we can't do or think that we can't do. But knows it's possible. So let us keep our mind, our focus, our faith in Jesus Christ and can give thank God God's good grace in all things. And then watch for the miracle. Watch for God's grace to abound your life and in this world.